Hey, welcome home, everybody. I'm Jeremy Pearsons, and you are watching Legacy Television. Glad you tuned in today. Let's pray together. We'll get right into the Word of God. Father, we do love you and worship you, and we thank you for loving us. Father, we come before your Word today, your awesome, holy, amazing, powerful Word. We love it. We love it so much, and we thank you for giving your Word to us. We know that Jesus is the Word made flesh. And as we look into your Word today, I'm asking you to give us eyes that see Him, ears that hear His voice, not anybody else's, His alone, and hearts that understand who we are in Jesus and who Jesus is in us. We thank you for this today and we give you praise for every good thing you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, on last week's broadcast, we began... Uh, by asking a question. And it's a question that I think if we're honest, there's a lot of people asking, a lot of people within the church and a lot of people really within the family of faith, the household of faith. And it's the simple question, why isn't it working? People believe based on what has been preached to them and what has been told to them that it should be working. And that's the truth. The word is able to do great things in your life. And you got to find out if it's not working, why isn't it working? And Jesus outlined a lot of this for us in Matthew chapter 13. It's the same thing you see in Mark chapter four, I believe Luke chapter eight. It's the parable of the sower. Uh, he, he said, a sower went out to sow. And we're going to look at that again in Matthew chapter 13. Uh, but for the sake of time, I won't try to go back over everything we said. But Jesus essentially told us a sower went out to sow and he sowed four times and it only worked once. And if you were to stop after that third one, you might think to yourself, there's something wrong with this seed. It's not working. It's not working. It's not working. But the moment that seed reproduced, the moment that seed took root and sprouted and it bared fruit, then you know right then there's nothing wrong with this seed. And Jesus went on to explain in this parable that the sower sowed the word, so the word of God was the seed that he was talking about, which is astounding to me and it should be to you too when you think about the word being sown and it not working and it not working and it not working. But the moment the word works for somebody somewhere, you know that there's nothing wrong with the seed. There is nothing wrong with the seed of the word of God. That's why the scripture tells us that we're born again by that seed. And it's not a corruptible seed. It is an incorruptible seed, which is the word of God. And Jesus, after he told this parable and the, and the disciples came to him and said, why are you talking to them in parables? These people came to hear you preach. What's this all about? Jesus began unfolding it to them saying, look, you're blessed because your eyes see what nobody else has got to see yet. Your ears hear what the prophets of old longed to hear. What's he talking about? Talking about him. He's talking about the eyes that see Jesus. Now, everybody out there that day saw Jesus, but precious few of them saw Jesus. Everybody out there that day heard Jesus preaching. They heard a message. They heard some words, but very few heard him. Very few heard the word of God. And Jesus is saying, look, if you want to understand anything I ever tell you, you're going to have to understand this. There are keys in this parable that unlock everything. But if you in your life right now are asking this question, why isn't it working? 
the first thing you've got to come back to, the first question you should be asking is, do I have eyes that see Jesus? Most people only have eyes that see the problem. Most people only have eyes that see the sickness, that see the lack, that see the depression, that see the pressure. That's what most people can see because it's right here in front of them all the time. They are consumed and obsessed with what they can see naturally. But the scripture talks to us about, let me read this to you. I wanted you to see this. This is in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 4. And it says in verse 16, it says, we don't lose heart even though the outward man or the part that you can see, even though that's perishing, yet the inward man or the part you can't see, it's being renewed day by day for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Now listen to this. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. This is what separates you and I from the rest of the world. Everybody else in this world is limited in this life by what they can see naturally. But you and I, through the gift of the Holy Spirit, we are given eyes that can see the invisible. And what Jesus is wanting to explain to them here, and he gets into it as he talks about some of these different kinds of ground that the seed gets planted on. But he, he, before he can really unfold any of that, he's telling them, your eyes are blessed because you see what nobody else can see. Oh, that's the gift that's been given to us, man. That's what the scripture tells us in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 12, that ears that hear and eyes that see, these are gifts from the Lord. Whenever you look into the word of God and you see something more than just words on a page, that's a gift. Whenever you're in prayer and you hear a voice that's not your own, it's the still small voice of the spirit of God in you, speaking to you, leading you, leading you out of problems and into answers. That's a gift. And it's a gift that only God can give. I can't give you that gift. Nobody else can give you that gift. It's the gift of eyes that see Jesus. It's the gift of ears that hear his voice. And it's like I said to you last week, that when you are living in this gift, you are living with the same ability that Jesus lived with. And he said, I don't do anything unless I see my father do it. I don't say anything unless I hear my father say it. Do you know how amazing life could be (laughs) if everything we did came out of what we saw the Father do? If everything we said was limited only to what we heard Jesus say, our lives would be beautiful. We'd never lack, we'd never want, we'd never need anything, but instead people are faced with pressure and faced with problem and all they can see is that and all they can hear is that and they're crying out in frustration. Why isn't it working? Well, the first reason it may not be working is because your attention is somewhere other than Jesus. I want to show this to you again. You're in Matthew 13. Go over to chapter 14. You're going to see this in action. Look at this again. Matthew 14. uh, Just start reading in verse 25. You're familiar with this. It says, now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. It is I, do not be afraid. Now let's just stop right here and process kind of what's going on in this and what really took place that night. 
Jesus goes to these guys. He's walking on the sea, which is already strange. And so they look at him and they see this figure coming towards him, towards them. And they see, not Jesus, a ghost, a, let's be honest about it, a demonic manifestation. They can't tell the difference between a ghost and Jesus. Guys, if this is still a problem, then it's a very big problem. If we can't tell the difference between Jesus and a ghost, and I know that sounds like we don't have much application for that today, but listen to me. People all over the world are accusing God of things that the devil's done. They're accusing God of doing the killing, the stealing, and the destroying. And many of the people who are confused in their thinking, giving God credit for the death, giving God credit for things that are stolen. These are people within the family. These are people within the church. And listen, if we can't tell the difference between our good God and the enemy of our soul, we're confused. Much like these guys were this day. They thought it was a ghost, but Jesus clears the whole thing up. He says, look, be of good cheer. And I know that sounds to us like, hey, cheer up. That's not what Jesus said. That expression, be of good cheer, it literally translates to take courage. That's why he said, do not be afraid. It's me. I love that. That's like, that's like God's sort of calling card. This is how he has to introduce himself to people throughout the Bible. Old Testament, New Testament. He shows up and the first thing he has to say every time is don't be afraid, it's me. Remember what he said to Joshua? Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Why? I'm here. I'm with you. It's me. It's me. See, I, I, I'm, I'm longing for that kind of relationship with the Lord. I call it a, hey, it's me relationship. You know the kind when somebody calls you and you pick up the phone and they say, hey, it's me. They don't introduce themselves again. They don't have to explain who they were. For, for a husband, maybe it's his wife calling. For a wife, maybe it's her husband calling. I know I have that with my wife, Sarah. If she calls, I pick up the phone, I say hello, and I hear that voice coming through the other line. I don't need some explanation of who this is. I don't need further clarity about who it is that's calling me. I don't require Sarah to say, hi, Jeremy, it's me, Sarah Hart Pearson's your wife of, you know, pushing 10 years. And, uh, you know, you may remember me. We have two kids together. We've lived together for the entirety of our marriage. I don't require any of that. All I have to hear is that voice on the other end of the phone. And I know exactly who it is. And much the same way Jesus is trying to comfort these guys with his voice, there's comfort in that closeness of that relationship. Did you know you can possess a hey, it's me relationship with Jesus? You can have a hey, it's me relationship with the Spirit of God where he calls on you and he says, hey, it's me. And you don't go, oh, was that God? Was that the devil? Was that just me? Was that just a weird dream I had? Maybe that's just my flesh. You don't have to be confused. You can have a hey, it's me relationship with God and never have confusion ever again, whether or not it's him talking to you or somebody else. Jesus says to these guys who are afraid, he says, take courage, don't be afraid. Why? Because it's me, I am here. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it is you. Now there's already a problem with this right now. There's a lot of good that happened out there that night. There's a lot of things that happened wrong. And I think this is part of one of the things that wasn't quite right. Peter says, okay, if it is you, 
He says, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Peter's looking for proof. See, God wants his word to you to be enough proof. God wants you to be able to look into his word and see what he said about what it is you're going through, about the sickness in your body, about the lack that you have, about the pressure that's against you. He wants you to see in his word what he said, and he wants that to be proof to you. He doesn't want you to read that and go, okay, God, if this really is you, see, that's what's coming out of Peter's mouth. If it is you, there should have been no doubt whatsoever in his mind that this is Jesus. I mean, would a ghost say, hey, don't be afraid, it's me? No, no, only Jesus would say, don't be afraid, it's me. And Peter, you know, we've sort of given him a lot of credit for his great faith here. And I think some of that's really good. You know, I mean, he got out of the boat. He said, if it's you, tell me to come. Jesus said, come, Peter got out, he walked. And that's good, right? I mean, he got out of the boat, that's great faith. But I would submit to you, that an even greater demonstration of faith that night would have been for Peter to take Jesus at his word. And when Jesus said, don't be afraid, for Peter to have let all that fear go and to have been comforted by the words of Jesus, that would have been a great demonstration of faith. It would be a great demonstration of faith for you right now to hear the word of the Lord coming to you through this television, through your phone or your tablet or wherever you're watching it, to hear the word of the Lord come into you and say, stop being afraid. I'm with you. I'm for you. I'm not against you. I'm against whatever's against you. And I will work this out for you. A great demonstration of your faith would be to receive that and rest in it. That would be huge faith. That would have been faith that night and it would, it would be faith right now. But Peter said, if it is you, okay, so we're going with where he's at here. If it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come on. Peter got out. He uh, came down out of the boat. He walked on the water to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, that word boisterous just means strong. He got out of the boat, he's walking, but he gets his eyes off Jesus and onto the wind, onto the strong wind that's against him. He was afraid again. So all that fear that was in the boat, now he's got it, only this time he's not in the boat, he's out of the boat. And he was afraid and he began to sink and he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, Peter could have walked away from this experience and said, why isn't it working? I got out of the boat. He said, come, I got out, I walked on the water. Why didn't it work? Why is it not working? Why is it not working? And Jesus made it clear. He said, you doubted, your faith was too small, which to me goes all the way back to not having eyes that see Jesus to begin with. When you have eyes that see Jesus, your faith comes up. And we've gotta be clear about faith and what it is and how it works. There's been so much said about it, and rightly so, and there will be more said about it, but we've got to come back to the foundation of it, that our faith is nothing if it's not in Jesus. Your faith is nothing if it's not in 
Jesus. It's not faith in your faith. It's not faith in yourself. A lot of people preach that to you. You gotta have faith in yourself. You gotta have faith in yourself. You gotta have faith in your own ability. No, you do not. You should not have faith in yourself. It is a much different thing to have faith in the God that is in you than it is to have faith in yourself. I have absolutely no faith in myself. I have no faith in my ability to sit here and look in this camera and it mean anything to you. I have no faith in myself to take a platform on some stage in some church in, across the US or around the world to stand up there and say anything worth anything. But I do have faith in the God that called me to do it. I do have faith in the Jesus that lives big in me. I do have faith in the Spirit of God that fills me, the Holy Spirit that gives me strength and gives me ability and empowers me to do what God has called me to do. I do have faith in Him, not in myself, but tons in Him. And that's the way you've got to be too. But it'll never come without eyes that see Jesus. So whatever you're in right now, whatever you're dealing with and going through, you've got to ask yourself, is my eyes, are my eyes on the problem or are they on Jesus? Are my eyes on the wind that's against me or are my eyes on Jesus who is for me and never against me? See, whatever, whatever you give attention to, you honor that thing. Whatever you pay attention to, that's a way of honoring it. And you are saying to either someone or something, whatever's doing the talking, you're saying to that thing, by giving your attention, by setting your eyes and your ears on them, you're saying to them, I want whatever you're giving. I'm taking whatever you're giving. Now, if your eyes are on the problem, if your eyes are on the pressure, then you are taking whatever the pressure is giving. That's why we read this out of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. He said that this thing that's against us, it's our light and momentary affliction. He said, we're not looking at what we can see out here. We're looking at the invisible because what you can't see far outweighs what you can see. What you can't see is working for you. Man, that's a good attitude to take. Don't you think? To look at the problem and look at that thing and say, according to the word of God, you are working for me. I don't work for you, you work for me. The pressure and the problem that's against you, it's working for you a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. What's in you far outweighs what's against you. And Jesus is saying to us in this parable here, if you'll get your eyes off what's against you and get your eyes onto what's within you, you'll be sustained by it. Because what's in you is stronger, is greater than what's against you. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 13 and we'll keep looking at what he's saying here. Uh, he said, again, notice in verse 10, after the disciples came to him, why do you speak to them in parables? He said, because it's been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them, it's not been given. For whoever, uh, whoever has to him, more will be given and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away. He goes on again. We read this yesterday or, or uh, in last week's broadcast. He goes on to explain that you've got eyes that see me and they don't. You've got ears that hear me and they don't. What's he saying in all this? He's saying, if you will build your life on the, upon the foundation of eyes that see Jesus first, He's saying, I can add anything to that. 
If you're in need of healing, then what you really need is eyes that see Jesus, your healer. If you're in need of provision, you're not in first just need of money, the natural thing that you can see. What you really need is eyes that see Jesus, the one who was rich, but for your sake became poor so that you through his poverty could be made rich. You need eyes that see Jesus. That's what we're after. That's what we want. We want Jesus to say to us the same thing he said to his disciples, blessed are your eyes for they see. Blessed are your ears because they hear. I want my eyes blessed. I want my ears blessed. But to be that way, I'm gonna have to take my attention off of whatever's against me and put my eyes on the one who's for me. I want whatever Jesus is giving. And when my eyes are on him, when my ears are tuned to him, then I'm saying to him, Jesus, I give you my attention. I give you my focus. I refuse to be distracted by what's going on around me. And I am taking whatever you are giving. Now, just in the couple minutes that we have left in this broadcast, I want to just read the, the, the next statement he made to them. In verse 18, he said, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. So as we unfold this in the weeks to come, we're going to hear the parable of the sower. And you're thinking, I thought we just heard it. No, everybody heard it, but now he wants you to hear it. So as we begin to wrap up this broadcast today, our prayer is simple. Our agreement with you and our agreement with each other is simple. We are asking for eyes that see. We are asking for ears that hear. And I'm coming into agreement with you today that whatever's against you, whatever pressure is being applied against you right now, if it's in your body, if it's in your finances, if it's in your family, I'm coming into agreement with you that number one, you'll begin to see that thing as a light and momentary affliction. Light means it weighs nothing. Momentary means it's passing quick compared to the exceeding and eternal weight of glory that's in you. And number two, I'm coming into agreement with you that Jesus would give you eyes to see him and eyes to see the way out of it. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.